This is the 51st sermon from the gospel according to Luke. 51. We're not even halfway through. Um, We're in chapter 9. I'm going to read verse 23 and then ask you a question, and then we'll pray. Jesus says to them all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I'd like to ask you, why would anyone, this is the question, why would anyone choose this self-denying, cross-bearing, Jesus-following life? Why would you do this? Why? That's the question. Why would anyone choose this self-denying, cross-bearing, Jesus-following life? Why would you choose this? I believe that Jesus is going to answer that question for us in this next part of this passage. He gives us some reasons why. And so instead of coming up with our own reasons why, let's see what reasons he gives that we might do this. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this day. I thank you again for your word. I thank you for this gospel according to Luke. Lord, I would just ask now that as we seek to answer this question, Lord, you've called all to come and follow you, to deny self, to take up their crosses and do this. Lord, I just ask that you'd help us to listen carefully to the reasons that you give. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand what they say and be ready to take our crosses up, to deny ourselves and to follow you. I pray this now in Christ's name. Amen. So before we do this, I wanna I wanna dig back. We're gonna so so who who in here can count to three? Everybody okay, everybody's pretty good. Some of you were like, didn't raise your hand. That has me a little worried. Um I'm going to go back to Genesis. I'm going to look, I want you to look for three things in this passage in Genesis. Okay, we're going to look for three things. Okay, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And if you go, there's a 3 right there. It's chapter 3. That's not what I'm talking about. We're looking for three things. Okay, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. It's talking about the fall of humanity into sin. It says, so when the woman saw that the tree... I'll, I'll try to help you guys out by doing, doing that teacher thing where I emphasize stuff a little bit while I'm saying it. Okay. Uh, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. All right, so there's three things. Did you catch them? (laughs) Did I I help you? No, no, we didn't. When when this fruit, there there was three things about this fruit that lured her in, Okay. What was the first one? Good for food. She's hungry. I get this one. She was good for food. It, was, it looked edible. It looked like it should nourish you. It looked like it was uh, probably looked or smelled tasty, potentially, right? So she's seeing this fruit. It's good for food. That's what it is. What was the second one? The delight to the eyes. Okay, so... There's some overlap here between these aren't distinct concepts, right? And so some aspect of what was going before was is at play in this one. She's looking at it. There's this overlap. It looks in some way delicious, or maybe it's just a beautiful-looking fruit. I have no idea. I mean, people do that, don't they? They paint pictures of fruit and put them on the wall. I don't understand that myself, but maybe a picture of a cake. I could get that one. Um, 
It's beautiful to look at. It's colorful, maybe. Enjoyment just from the appearance. And there's a third thing. There was a third thing. Desire to make one wise. Okay, And some of this came from knowledge about that fruit that she got from the serpent. But regardless of the trueness or falseness of that pretense, it is going to change things. So there's three aspects here at play. There's the in here consumption element. I want this because it's going to, I can consume it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to like it, right? It's good. It's going to make me happy. Nourishment, enjoyment. I can admire it. There's admiration going on. But then the desire to make them wise, I think this one speaks to my, my role or my position. Who am I? What will this do for me or my standing or, or express for me in my standing? Or how might this display something about me? In my standing before others. Let's look at another example. Okay, we're going to do the same thing. Three things. I'm going to look for three things again. Okay. This one comes about halfway through the Old Testament. We get to King David. We reference this story in Sunday school today. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle. That's what kings do. Kings, they go out to battle. This is the time. I guess there's a season of this. I don't know. David sent Joab and his servants with him into all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. Is David the king? Yes. Okay. Come on, guys. Yes. Hope you knew that part. David's the king. What, what do the kings do at this time of year? They go out to battle. Where's he at? He's home. Okay? It's important. The men are at war, but David is not. It happened. Oh, did I not have that up there? I'm sorry. It happened late one afternoon when David rose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman and one, and, and one said, is, this Bathsheba, is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers to, uh, and took her and she came to him and he lay with her. Now, Three things. This is going to be a little bit more tough to identify those three things. Okay, the first one, I'm just going to give this first one to you. is a woman bathing. I think for David, the key elements of this situation was woman and bathing. <laughs> okay? That, that, the key combination for David caught his attention. By the way, the woman in this moment is belittled as an object of desire, objectified, not a person anymore in David's mind. Think as well that the fact that she was beautiful, some people might throw those things together. I think that it could have been considered separate ideas, very much overlapping. Regardless of whether or not she was bathing or not, she was a beautiful woman. And so the flesh and the eyes overlap again. Just like the fruit was good for food and delighted the eyes, the same thing is happening, I think, here with David. The third one is a little bit more difficult to see, but I think it's found in these places right here about who David is. I mean, he's... Where, where, where are the other men again? A battle. Where's David? I mean, on the couch, right? Gets up off his couch and, and is just strolling on the roof. His men are at battle, and this is what he's doing. This speaks a little bit to something about who he thinks he is. 
I am King David. And you see it captured again. David doesn't even go. What's he do? He sends some people to do it. I, I'm the king. I can just send people to go get her. And he does. Go, get her. And takes her. I'm King David. I think these three aspects are played out again. Just like that fruit. And in this case, just like this situation. Let's go to another one. Let's go to another one that played out a little bit better. Let's go to the New Testament with Jesus. This one, the three ideas are going to play out a little bit more separately. We'll see them more distinctly. It's not always the case. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry, as you would be. The devil then says to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Do you see it played out again? Something to consume. You're hungry? Do what you can. Get it. Satisfy yourself. And that, that hunger would have been so heightened in that moment. Make yourself something to consume that you can satisfy yourself with. Can you feel the hunger? I mean, I'm just thinking. Some of you are hungry right now. And you haven't gone days without food. You've just gone like a few hours. And you're hungry. And just thinking about bread, warm bread. I imagine that when Jesus was going to make the stones into bread, he would have made some warm bread. Mm. Can you feel the craving? They all then took him up, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, so he shows him. I mean, think about the dazzling aspect of what this would have looked like. To be shown with your eyes all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, to you, I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me in a, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Everything you see will be yours. Jesus answers him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. But just imagine, imagine the dazzling of the eyes of what that would have looked like. Even today, be shown in a glimpse. We get in bits of that, right? Swiping through pictures. All the images of the world, it's dazzling. It's orange, look at all these amazing sights. The eyes are tantalized. The third one, he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. This one used to confuse me, but you think about what's really being said here. Here's a chance. Prove to everybody who you are because if he would have jumped and those angels would have, I mean, everybody would have seen that. Look at who you are. Right? Right? And it's even promised by God. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered and said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, you parted from him until an opportune time. But the heightened nature of these three things. Do you see those three things again? There's a similarity, is there not? The apostle John captures these three things with titles. In 1 John says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away, but all, but, and the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. These three things are laid out fairly clearly. The desires of the flesh... Seen in the fruit, seen in the bathing woman, seen in the hunger for bread, 
the desires of the eyes, seen in the, that delightful fruit, that beautiful woman, and the glorious kingdoms, and the pride of life, the fruit that would make one wise, the kingship that can have anything that it desires, and the Son of God who can do whatever He wants. Now, I'm not going to get into this too, to this too deeply, but I, uh, there's always that temptation at this moment, not a temptation, there's always this, this thought in my head at this moment to start asking you the question, so I'm just going to plant the seed of thought, what about you? Are these things, each and every one of them, how many of them were just in and of themselves evil? Bread is not evil in and of itself. I am sure that Eve had opportunities to go and see a pear and look at it and go, man, this is a beautiful piece of fruit, like perfectly ripe. You know, no disease had marred it and could pick it and eat it and enjoy it. She had opportunity. Those kinds of things are going on all around her. And God had said you can have every fruit of every tree in this garden. So the things in and of themselves, in and of themselves were not wrong. But ask yourself, what do you have access to? What do you look fondly at? What do you gaze upon? Or who are you? To yourself, to others, what do you see? You start planting those seeds of thought. Now let's turn to our passage today. And I think that what you're going to see in Jesus' reasoning, you're going to see an argument against those three things. Okay? Verse 23, let's go back to it. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily... And follow me. And here's that question again. Why would anyone choose a self-denying, cross-bearing, Jesus-following life? Why? And what we're going to hear next is Jesus' answer. Jesus is going to say, you're going to see the word for. And that's like a word because. Do this because. He's going to say it. The next three verses all start with the word for. Because of this, because of this, and because of this. So we have Jesus' answer for these things. And I think this is important, especially, ask yourself this question. Hasn't Jesus shown them that he can give them all these things anyway? What's, what's Jesus been doing in Israel with people? Actual things. What are some actual things he's been doing? Come on, 51 sermons. I bet you can think of something that Jesus has been doing. Healing people. Excellent. I knew you could do it. I had full confidence. Healing. He's been healing some people. Was there anybody that was dead that he brought back to life? At least two times so far in Luke, somebody's dead. They brought him back to life. I mean, Jesus can give people these sorts of things. Did he not just feed a huge number of people miraculously? Absolutely. Jesus can do all these things. Beyond these things, let me ask you this. Can Jesus give you a good marriage? Huh? You can do that, right? Can Jesus give you, some of your parents are going to think about this one for a minute. Can Jesus give you obedient children? <laughs> I don't know if you've met all mine. <laughs> yes, he can, can he? Can Jesus work that in your life? Absolutely. Can Jesus give you successful careers, not just for the career itself, but just because you've been, you've, I mean, can he give you a good work ethic so that you can work your life and just, be successful at what you do. Can you do those kinds of things? Absolutely. Can he give you financial freedom through good stewardship? Can he do that? Absolutely. And in fact, doesn't Jesus himself offer these things in many ways? 
So I want to plant a little, another secondary seed here. I think that every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights. That's from James. But I believe that each and every one of these things is meant only to give you a taste of who he is. Not a single one of them is meant to be the end in and of itself. Listen to what Jesus says next. I want you to listen for the three things here. Here, see the word four three times? Here, I'll use my laser pointer. Right there, right there, and right there. Four means because, because of this. You should do this. Take, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, follow me, because, and then he gives these three reasons. Forever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. There's life. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, all the glories of the world, everything you see out there, and loses or forfeits himself? Forever is ashamed of me, and my words of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and of his holy angels. Let's look at that first one. For whoever would save, whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever that would can be translated wills. Whoever like purposes. So let's think about what this is. Just Okay, listen. Just think about what this is saying for just a second. For, forget you're in church. Just let's think about what this sentence is saying. If you will to, if you purpose to, save your life. What does Jesus say is going to happen? You will lose it. That's a really good reason, is it not? See, if you purpose to save this, this, these things that you get, these things you get in your life, that word life could be translated, a lot of times it's translated soul. It's, it's talking about who you are. I mean, just saving, preserving, being alive is part of this. But having a life, I mean, everybody, anybody feel that way sometimes? I need to get a life. Maybe you've told that to some people this week. You need to get a life. Maybe you just want a life. You ever just want a life? Ever feel like you're in that hamster wheel of life and you're like, get up, go to school, go back home, go back home, food, down, watch a little bit of TV, time to go to bed, go to bed, get up. It's like, it's like Groundhog Day. You're seeing that movie Groundhog Day? Just again, you're repeating again and again and again. You're like, where's my life? I don't have a life. I'm just doing the same thing every single day. And you're like feeling crazy about it. And sometimes you just go, I just want a life. And then you see the beach in somebody's Facebook post. And they're enjoying life. And you go, I just want that life. Right? Jesus, one of the reasons why, just, just think about what it says. One of the reasons why Jesus says you ought to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him is because if you try to get life now, you'll lose it, period. If that's, your, if, that's you, if that's what you will to do, if that's what you purpose to do to get it here, you will lose it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world or, and loses or forfeits himself? Very similar. Some overlap here. What does it profit if a man gains the whole world? What, what good would it do if you gained the whole, everything you could ever imagine. Think of all those things that you go, I just would love to have. 
just a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that. Some of us have given up on the big dreams, right? Life has kind of smacked you around enough that you're like, forget that. I just want a car that runs, right? <laughs> just want to have a day off once in a while. I mean, some of you, like, you you've, forget the big dreams. You're like, I'm done with that. I'm not going to get that. It's too late for me. Save yourselves. I just want my little piece of heaven here. I just want a little bit here. And you, you try to establish your, your little kingdom, right? It's not grand, but the water works. The electricity's going. You have heat. You sit down on your throne that's actually just a lazy boy chair. <laughs> and you survey your kingdom. And everything's in place. And everything's working for five minutes. Some people, it, it lasts though, doesn't it? Ooh, wouldn't that be nice if it just kept going? If you got, I mean, I don't want the whole world. I just want a little piece of the world. I just want this chunk of the world. I just want to get my world that I want where people are healthy and people are doing what they're supposed to do and I don't have to deal with idiots and, and everybody's doing what I tell them because I'm smarter than they are. And it's all good. What good does it do if you gain the, your whole world but you lose or forfeit yourself? And I'm telling you, the way this is structured is to say that if you do get your world, you will lose or forfeit yourself. It's not structured in a way that says you could get both. It's not structured in a way that says you might get everything and forfeit yourself. It's structured in a way where Jesus is saying, just like in the last one, if you get that, you don't get that. Verse 26, for whoever is ashamed of me. Here's the next because. Why should I lead a self-denying, cross-bearing, Jesus-following life? Because if you are ashamed of me and my words, Jesus says... If you're ashamed to stand up for the things that, that they have to do. In fact, uh, in, in Mark's gospel, it talks about not just him, but also the gospel's sake, right? If, if you're ashamed of me and my words, there's going to come a day when I come in glory that I will be ashamed of you. So if there's a time here where you go, I'm not going to stand up with him, he's saying there's going to be a time there where I'm not going to stand up with you. If you draw back from standing firm publicly with Jesus, Jesus will draw back from you in a very public way on the last day when his glory comes. I think I have a blank slide after this. Let's see if I do. You know, that, that fruit, remember the fruit? Let's go back to Genesis. Remember the fruit? It could have been the best fruit of all, most satisfying, most tasty, the sweetest, the most beautiful, have all the properties that, that you, I mean, you eat it and it just enhances your health and your, your brain powers. But the reality is that was simply a test to see what they would treasure most of all. The gift or the giver? The gift or the giver? I think about this in terms of counseling. 
One of the reasons, and, and Charity does a lot of counseling, one of the reasons why people come for counseling is because they have something in their life that's not working. Would you agree with that? And they say, they come and want this fixed. And I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of what I do up here and what she does in counseling and, and really what the scriptures are teaching and what Jesus is doing in this lesson, what he's saying is, very, is all very similar to me because it sounds very much like, yeah, come, can God give you a good marriage? Absolutely. Can God give you good health? Absolutely. Can God give you a stable lifestyle? Can he give you obedient children? Can he give you any number of good and pleasant things? Absolutely, he does it all the time. Do some of those things flow out of obedience to him? Yeah. It was good for food. Do some of those things flow out of obedience? Like Some of those relational things, do they flow out of an obedience? So if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing according to God's word, and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing according to God's word, it can it produce some of those things in a very natural way. Absolutely. But I'm here to tell you that you can do every thing right and not get any of it i think i will you can do everything right and not get any of it and you know what according to what i'm reading here that's okay and it might be better If you're coming to Jesus because you want him to give all this good stuff, I'm going to be honest with you. You're not really coming to Jesus. You want your stuff. You want your life and you want your things. You want that stuff. And you know what? Jesus can do all those things. We've seen it all through the story so far. He's, giving, he's healing people. He's doing this. He's doing this. But then he turns around and he says, listen. And I think what is being broadcast here is every single one of those things is to show you, just to give you a taste of something else. Don't, don't you dare hold on to that as the end-all, be-all of life. Don't miss this. I mean, really, do not miss what Jesus is saying here. Striving for these things, living for these things, hoping in these things will exclude you from God himself. That is what Jesus is saying in this passage. Don't believe me? Let's go back and read it again. I don't see any room here. Forever would save his life, will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake, will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? And for whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him, the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father of the holy angels. You try to save your life or find your life, make everything about this life, you will lose it. That's what he says. but I really want those things. I get it. I get it. And you know what? Praise God when you get them. I have in many ways what I would call a very blessed life. 
I look around at some of the things that I've gotten. I go, I'm so blessed in so many areas. But if if I latch on to those things, I, I have my wife, love my wife. If I latch all my, put all my hopes and all my happiness in making sure that this continues to go how it goes, I'm, I risk losing that. God has blessed me with this, even this, even this a loving marriage. This is just meant to go, God is good. God is good. And his relationship, his love, this is just meant to give me a, a tasting of that. When you sit down at La Pot and you go, mmm, this is delicious. That's meant to just give you a taste of the deliciousness of what God has for you. Right? That's the whole point of all these things. When he blesses you with this thing, he's never blessing you with these things so that you'll go, I've got it all. No, you're supposed to get those things and go, I can't wait for what he's got there. And if you take away everything, as long as I have you, I've got everything I need. I have to be completely upfront. Churches across this country, I could talk about that, but you know I'm not going to. Let's just hone it in. In this room, you might be here today, and the reality is you don't really seek God. You only come to him to give you what you want. And when he doesn't do it, you go, forget you, Lord. I mean, if he's giving you stuff, you're like, I'm so blessed. Things are so good. Things are, God is glorious. But as soon as something bad happens, you're like, you go, you're like, forget it. What's the problem? You're seeking this life. And I'll tell you what, you have your, your, the, your hooks latched in the things of this life. And you're going to forfeit your soul. Don't be distracted by the good things that God blesses you with as if that's what it's all about. Don't ever do that. Keep your eyes focused on him. And when you get these good things, say, yeah, enjoy it. Go ahead, enjoy it. I do. Right? Big juicy steak. Why are my examples all food? I'll go back, go back to back to you. What? I love my wife. She's beautiful. She's wonderful. She's kind. She's intelligent. She likes steaks too. All this ought to do, though, even this. And the, 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 anything I enjoy about this is just to make me remember what God has planned and what he has in store. And if God destroys this today or takes this away from me today, if, my, if, if, if God were to take this away from me today and you would see my faith crumble to nothing, then you would know that it was never real. You would know that. You'd go, that wasn't real. I'm not talking about struggling through those things. I'm talking about 
ultimately, if, I, if everything's latched on to even a person, or for some of you, it's, it's, that's what it is. Maybe it's because you don't have it and you want it, and you're like, I want that. Or maybe it's kids, or maybe it's you know, life or career. Maybe it's stuff. Maybe you're really shallow, and it's just stuff. You want a big truck. You want a, where's Paul at? <laughs> I can say that because he's not here. You want a big truck, you want a big house, you want like nice stuff, you want maybe honestly, maybe that's all it is for you. And like if you get all that stuff, you're like, I'm so happy. And I'm telling you, you run the risk of getting everything. It's one of the best things that God could do for all of us is take it all away. We don't like talking about that. Some of you go, don't say it out loud, he might do it. He might. That might be the best thing for you. If you have your hopes in anything in this life, you ought to be praying, Lord, take that away from me. Don't let me be caught up in the, the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Don't let me be caught up in those things. Lord, if there's anything that I'm grabbing a hold of too, too tightly, Lord, if, if need be, if, it, if it's to get me to look at you as my greatest treasure, then take it away. Lord, don't let anything come between me and Jew. And I'm telling you why what Jesus says is because if you do, if there's something sitting between him and you, no matter how good of a gift it's been, or how good of a gift it could be, or how good of a gift you think it could be, if all of your hopes are in those things, you will lose your life in a very ultimate kind of way that is frankly dreadful to even talk about an eternity separated from the one true great thing in this universe god himself i'm going to close today with a prayer it's not the one you want okay we can pray for health. Some of you have illness and you want to feel better. I get it. We can pray for those things. But I'm going to pray that God will bring health only if it points you to him. Some of you have relational issues going on in your life and you want, you want relations for you want god to fix a relationship you want god to restore a relationship or create a brand new one or whatever it is that you're wanting yeah we pray for those things absolutely restored relationships are wonderful things but let's pray that god would only do that for you and in you if it points you past the gift to look at the giver can we pray that way that's hard to pray that way isn't it that's very hard to pray that way, especially the more you are attached to the things of this world, the harder that becomes. But Christ is calling you to deny yourself, to take up your cross and follow him. And I want to tell you, it's totally worth it. But no matter how much I say that, that's not going to be enough for some of us. And so that's why what Jesus said in this is so, so important to hear. If you reject what he has and you go, I'm still going, I'm going for it. This says, that's a big fat lie. You'll never really get it anyway. You'll never really get it anyway. Even if you gain the whole world, 
if somehow you orchestrate it so that every single thing on this planet was yours for the taking, you would lose your very own soul. So let's pray for health, but let's pray for it in terms of the good giver. Let's pray for restored relationships, but in terms of, let's pray for things like provision, but in terms of seeing him. And let's tack on to the end of this prayer. Lord, if there's something in my life that's, I want more than I want you. Lord, would you take, take it away or, or help me see it different? I mean, I know we don't, the take it away part sounds scary, doesn't it? Does that take it away part sound really scary? Painful? It's a hard thing. But I'm going to encourage you to pray through that. Lord, let, don't let there be anything that I've latched onto other than you as my greatest treasure. Let's pray those things. And when I'm done praying, I want to dismiss you guys, okay? Heavenly Father, I just want to take a moment here. This is a hard, hard prayer to say out loud. I know it's scary. For some in this room, it's, it's horrifying to pray these things. But Lord, if your word is true, we run a very real risk of getting the world and losing our own souls, to getting life and ultimately losing it, to being ashamed of you and have you stand ashamed of us one day. Lord, we don't want that. So Lord, I want to pray for health. Lord, I know there are some in this room that have health concerns and health needs. Lord, I know that you are a God who, with the thought, could bring restored health you could bring people back to 100% efficiency. But Lord, I pray that you would only do that if it points the person that's receiving it away from the gift and to the giver. Lord, I ask that you'd be with those in this room that have, whether it's a broken relationship or it's a lost relationship or if there's issues, if there's struggles, if there's just, if it's just non-existent, Lord, whatever the case may be. God, we pray for restored marriages. We pray for restored uh, parent-to-child relationships. Lord, we pray for people to come back to you. We pray for all of these things. Lord, we ask you. We, we seek after you, Lord. Some of us, I know, in this room just want people in their lives that, that love them and they can love. Lord, I know that all those things are at play. Lord, I would ask that you would only grant if its result is helping us to look past the gift and to the giver. Lord, I pray as well, Lord, as we face just life and how we stand for you and how we hold to your truth. Lord, I would ask that you would help us to take a stand, to, to seek to make an impact, Lord, to be, to be relevant in our society, to be relevant among the people that we're around, Lord, that we, Lord, I know many of us, we seek that just to, just to matter. But Lord, I've asked that you would only grant us opportunity for that if it glorifies and lifts you up and points not only ourselves, but others to the giver 
and not just the gift. Lord, finally, I just want to ask for those in this room, myself included, Lord, if there are things in our lives and our hearts that we have propped up as the ultimate things, if I just had that, I'd be happy. If I could just get this, I'd be happy. If I just had this, then I could do the things I need to do. Lord, if I just had these things, then I could live for you, God. Whatever that may be. Lord, I pray that you would withhold from us. If necessary, and if it works according to your will, Lord, I pray that you would withhold from us things that might end up being idols in our hearts that we worship instead of you, the giver. Lord, some things might need to be taken down, knocked over, destroyed, burned to the ground. And as scary as that may be, Lord, I pray that you would do those things. I think of the nation of Israel Throughout the Old Testament, when, when you were restored, those other places were often torn to the ground. Lord, in our own hearts, I pray as well that you would do the same thing. Anything in our hearts that stands up itself for our glory or for our admiration, Lord, I pray that you would tear those things down out of our lives so that we might not lose you and that we might stand one day when you come in glory Lord, that we will be able to stand with you. In all of these things, Lord, we commit these things to you as human beings who don't know what needs to happen to bring these things about. Lord, we open our hands and we say, you are the Savior, you are God, you are the creator, you are the giver of all good things. Lord, do as you will. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done for the sake of your kingdom and your glory and your honor. I ask that you would do these things in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys are dismissed.